Welcome, everybody, to the Christian Marauder Show. I have a very, very special guest today, author of 12 books, a great speaker, award-winning filmmaker, I may add, L.A. Marzulli. So welcome, L.A. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm eating pistachios. You know, welcome. Hey. Thanks yeah, for having yeah. me here. Yeah, it's great to have you here, eating pistachios, no less. Hallelujah. Okay, it's a, I got to tell you, it is a privilege and an honor to have you as our guest today on this show. Before we begin, L.A., you have a soon-to-be-released documentary called On the Trail of the Nephilim. I think some folks here that are listening will probably be very interested in that video. I know I am. Well, thank you, Brian, again, for having me on. Um, uh, on the Trail of the Nephilim, there's actually seven uh, installments six are available number seven is coming off the presses very shortly it'll also be on our streaming site streaming.lamarzuli.net all six are there now seven will join them probably by the end of the month um, we are shipping again probably by the end of the month and right now there's a special like we do always you can save five bucks if you want the dvd uh, so it's for 15 bucks once we have the dvds and it goes up to 20 uh, Robert Ulrich, Bob Ulrich of uh, uh, Prophecy Watchers has seen the film. He said it's the best film I've ever done, which is a real honor. And I've done 10 independent standalone films since Richard Shaw and I amicably parted company. Uh, we used to have lunch once a week before his very untimely passing. Mm. But Armitrail of, of the Nephilim, uh, number seven, is called Lost Civilizations. And I take the viewer from Gilgal Raphaim in the Golan Heights in Israel, to Sardinia, to the island of Malta, Gozo, Norba, Italy, um, and Sicily, and down in Peru. And that's only volume one. <laughs> so part one, and we're going to do part two shortly after. Um, and it's just me editing. I, I, I do have help occasionally from my son-in-law, John Adam Hicks, who uh, does our daily show which people can access if they want to by going to our YouTube channel, L.A. Marzulli. We've got about 128,000 subscribers. And right now we're, we're still on, which is unbelievable. Yeah, They, they haven't booted us off yet. But, um, you know, on Rumble, I think we've got a couple of thousand viewers. So it's a huge disparity between, between platforms. It's taken me, you know, years to, to garner that. And uh, all can be lost if uh, they don't like what you're saying. So, you know, we're in a, a very strange place. And before we get into the interview, I would just like to admonish the pastors that are out there. It's time to stand up. And if you don't stand up now, a year from now, you might not have a church to stand up in. Uh, look what's going on in Canada, uh, where, the, where the, you know, Royal Mounted Police erected two fences around the church, acting like it's, uh, you know, a terrorist organization. Seriously? Seriously, this and it's coming here. Uh, mandatory vaccines. The Pentagon announced that uh, you know that now they're creating this little chip, which probably will be mandatory at some point, that will detect whether you whether you have COVID or you've got the vaccine. So is this the mark of the beast? No, it's not. But we're getting very close to it. This certainly is the beast system. Now is the time for pastors to stand up. And everybody's got overheads now, right? We've all got everybody's got media. Not like it was 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Put it up on the put it up on the screen, and have the church pray over it. Have the church have the front row turn around to the second row, break them into small groups, and pray. Quit playing church and use your weapon, which is prayer. That's that's our weapon. 
you know, and well, we don't want to upset anyone. Yes, you want to upset people. If people are upset about praying, then go someplace else where they can sit on their hands and, and, and give us a little plastic Jesus smile. If not now, when? If not now, when? And pastors really need to get serious about this. Now is the time to take 10 to 15 minutes from their little, you know, now we're going to do the, the four worship songs and the meet and greet and the morning announcements and then the offering and then the sermon and two songs and we leave. Nonsense nonsense and you wonder why nothing ever happens in the churches why people aren't healed and i could go down this rabbit hole forever but the bottom line is now is the time the front row turns to the second row the third row turns to the fourth row and so on you break them into small groups the pastor has very specific things he's going to talk about and 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 give a quick little synopsis in the 10 minutes before you break up into prayer about what to pray for and then we go to war Imagine if every church in America did that, everything would change. But we won't, and the, and the pastors will make all sorts of excuses why it can't happen, and they don't want to make anyone uncomfortable and all this other nonsense. So all I can say is, as a watchman, I've done my job. I've warned. And I remember, I'm, I'm the same tinfoil hat guy that was 30 years ago talking about the coming great deception, that UFOs are real, burgeoning, and not going away. Laughed at, mocked, everything else. Now... It's all over every media platform. Am I a prophet? No, I don't call myself a prophet. I don't put a label on myself. But I am a watchman. And everything I've said so far has come to pass. We are moving into uh, an unprecedented time in history. And, and the, when the UFO is actually revealed, when they just show up in my wide crap, that's the major global paradigm shift which happens overnight. And the church is blissfully unaware of it. So look, Brian, I've done my job and I continue to do so. I do my daily show every day. I warn about this stuff. We had a guy, a pastor on um, yesterday and it, it'll, it'll air sometime today, uh, Pastor Jeremy, Jer Jeremy Malik. And Pastor Jeremy talked about an encounter that he had a number of years ago with, with only being described as a hybrid entity. Uh, when they were moving away, I mean, I won't get into the whole story. People can can watch it on my daily show. It should air today, the 14th of April. But the guy had black eyes. When he took off the glasses and brushed his hair back, as they were driving away, he revealed jet black eyes, no white, absolutely. I had an encounter with one of those. I'll tell you about it if we have time. That was an amazing thing. But I had an encounter inside of a Barnes & Noble in a big store. And I walked in there and all these kids were running around. It was a Harry Potter thing. So I'm sitting there and this kid was screaming to the top of his lungs. And I thought, well, where are the parents of that kid? I think drag him outside. And he ran by me and his face was contorted. So I knew I was looking at an entity, not really a person. All the people could see it looked like a kid, but his eyes were coal black. He ran by me screaming and uh, then he ran out the front door. Wow. And that's on, probably wow. on the surveillance video, too. It's an amazing thing. Uh, uh, man, I tell you, uh, what you've been talking about, L.A., is what I've been teaching on, too, as a watchman as well. You know, I'm 
talking to lots of people, a lot of church people sitting in the pews, and many are feeling like Jehoshaphat did when and when he wrote or he prayed in Second Chronicles chapter twenty, verse twelve, and he, and he cried out, "Oh God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against the great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you." And you're right; well, I think we really need to get our eyes on the Lord. And like I was saying. Um, We'll see how we can all fit this in, but we'll fit it in. But this could be where the trail of the Nephilim, if you want to think outside the box, is leading us. You know, it might explain why we see this Marxist tsunami that's sweeping the world uh, right now under one ball headed guy with, you know, it looks like Dr. Evil running out of the, um, yeah, the UN World Economic Forum. I'll get it straight in a second. And he's actually dictating uh, policy, he's dictating world policy this guy is it's a cult and and we see this tsunami pushing toward a one world government right now with marxism at the top it might explain uh, uh this coming war that we're seeing against christianity you mentioned the pastors up there we have a there was a polish pastor up there who stood his ground i saw that amazing and, yeah and, and but I know people from Poland who escaped with their lives out of communist China, and I know some Cubans who have escaped from Cuba, and they are very, how can I say it, disconcerted. I mean, they are so, they're upset. They're seeing in this, and their, their jaws dropping. I've seen this before, and nobody's doing a thing. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing all this stuff coming about. So with that, I'm gonna, that's what I want to talk about today is, I mean, how did all this come about? Can you just kind of wrap it up so people can get a, uh, you know, good synopsis of that for us? Well, I mean, what was written will come to pass. What is foretold is unfolding. I mean, we can see it. This is why other researchers, secular researchers who look at some of the same things that I film or Josh Peck films or whatever, um, they never arrive at a conclusion because if you don't start with the truth, how are you going to arrive at the truth after you've uncovered things? Well, you can't, in my opinion. And I know that that sounds incredibly narrow-minded to someone who's not born again and spirit-filled, but nevertheless, the Bible is, is truth. It's not all truth, but it is truth. What's in there is the truth. And the Bible talks about a seed war in Genesis 3.15, which is not, once again, taught in the churches. Most churches never talk about that. And so the believer has no idea of what's going on. None. They know about Jesus. Pretty cool. When they get to the flood, they go, wait a minute. Why, why, is, why does God wipe everybody out? When they get to the Tower of Babel, well, why is, um, why is this happening? What's, you know, who's this Nimrod guy? When they get to uh, Abraham and the five kings, it's like, well, what are these guys doing? Who's this weird Mekizeldeck guy? And then finally, when they get to uh, one of the most profound scriptures, where the pre-incarnate Christ talks to Abraham, well, your descendants are going to go down to Egypt until the, the sin of the Amorites comes into its fullness. What's that? What's that? And finally, the mandate to go into the promised land and wipe out, kill, kill every man, woman, and child, every animal, and burn everything. That's genocide. There's no way around it unless, unless we are looking at something else. And that's where the work of uh, Pember, G.H. Pember, Dr. I.D.E. Thomas. Uh, Pember was living in the 19th century. Dr. Thomas was my mentor 
his book was life-changing for me. And I'd like to say that, or think that I'm carrying on his work. And I think we've done a pretty good job of it. If I can boast a little bit, and I realize I'm boasting, but I feel like we've, we've done a pretty decent job with, um, you know, the Amitrail of Nephilim series. Um, I don't think you ever would have imagined that we've just mushroomed from that, that little modest book that he wrote linking Genesis 315, which is the whole UFO phenomenon. But Genesis 315 sets up the rest of the biblical narrative. And the participants in that, uh, th that Genesis 315 passage, you've got the pre-incarnate Christ in the garden, Adam and Eve, and the serpent. So Adam and Eve have just forfeited their um, allegiance and taken on the persona of the dragon. I, I believe when they, when they ate of the fruit, it changed their DNA. Now that's total conjecture on my part, but it changed their DNA and now they're steeped in sin. And this is why genetically the sin carries over to generation to generation to generation. They're born in sin because they align themselves when they ate the fruit, they align themselves with the serpent, unfortunately. Uh, and that's, you know, the dragon trap as Gary Stearman likes to call it. So the pre-incarnate Christ turns to the, to the dragon and goes, your seed, your offspring, the offspring of a dragon, the offspring of Satan, the serpent, will be at enmity at war with the offspring, the seed of the woman. The seed coming from that seed is one who will crush the dragon's head. Satan, the serpent, the dragon will, will bruise this individual's heel. Well, that's, that's the Bible. That's the entire Bible. That's it. And if we yeah. don't put Genesis 3.15, we don't understand it. When we get to the flood of Noah, the Tower of Babel, Abraham and the five kings, Sodom and Gomorrah, and finally the conquest of Canaan, we are clueless. When we get the passages like Daniel, which says their seed, there's that word again, will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not cleave to them. Well, what the heck does that mean? And when was the last time you heard a sermon on it? Finally, when we get to the Antichrist, the son of perdition, that is the, the seed of the serpent. And so what was, what was written will come to pass, is coming to pass. What was foretold is unfolding in modernity in the present time right in front of our noses. And I'm just amazed and appalled and astounded, the three A's, amazed, appalled, and astounded <laughs> that the church is so stinking asleep, it truly is the Laodicea in church. It's just unbelievable. And they are, you know, just don't bother me, L.A. Well, he might have been right with that UFO stuff, but, well, I'm not even sure that's correct. What can I tell you? Well, you know, it says the people will be lovers of themselves, and that's what I'm seeing, especially in, in, in churches, too. I mean, I come against the uh, same thing you are. I, you know, I used to travel a lot, used to speak, you know, sp spoke in mega churches, spoke in front of 20,000 audience. I don't get those invites too much anymore, especially with the COVID. And then when I started uncovering, I started with uh, just uncovering the occult world. I just started, and I felt like I was supposed to. And I was reading Gary Wayne's book, Genesis 6 Conspiracy, and I checked his documents. I said, if he can do this, and I could. So I started reading Alice Bailey. And so when I started reading Alice Bailey, I'm going, wow, how can I read this stuff? How can I read Blavatsky? So I just I downloaded the PDFs and did word searches, and I, start, I typed in church. I typed in government. I typed. I, I decided to actually type in the Seven Mountain Mandate. <laughs> she's the she's the author. 
author of that. She's the author of the Seven Mountain Mandate, and uh, she laid out the plan to corrupt the churches, which which happened. And pretty much what we're seeing today is the result of this. She's the one that came up with the phrase church anity. I guess some people didn't know that. She came up with that for, well, that was a channel. I don't know if that was her uh, ascendant master, Jesus talking to her, whoever it was. Uh, she prophesied, her prophecies came to pass. And so I'm sitting there going, this, you know, what's going on? So it led, you know, I always believed in the um, Nephilim. When I first started as a Christian, you know, you get, trained and you get the logic of the sons of seth and never set right with me and so i start digging into it and i go this these these are fallen watchers these are fallen watchers these co-inhabit it somehow probably through genetic manipulation just like you said alter the dna we are so jesus says as it was in the days of noah though we will see the same things and so wow Look at the World Economic Forum, for example, and their DNA research and their ideas for it to make a, uh, a new human being to build back humanity itself better with a hybrid human. You know, you walk around your computer inside of you. <laughs> and uh, and then, then they lay out the plan of taking over the world. It's totally narcissistic. They have the major corporations there who are going to teach the serfs, us, how to be uh, compliant and social justice. And, and I just want to say for the listeners, I don't know if you ever heard of Saul Alinsky or not. I'm a social worker. I went to social work. And Saul Alinsky was a major person we had to read. And here I am a Christian. I'm the only Christian in social work, practically standing up to this stuff and talking back to the professors. But and uh, pulled off a pretty high grade in there too. I won their respect. But anyway, a side note. But Saul Alinsky was not about solving problems. He was about creating conflict in order to attain power. And that was shocking to me that social work suddenly instead of taking care of people was about acquiring power for who? That was never really answered. And so I'm, I'm thinking after reading the occult world, maybe you can take off on this too, is it seems like something is behind them manipulating them. They are, might be in contact. I mean, is that kind of what you're seeing to these people might be in contact with something uh, or something motivating them to think like this? Yeah, I, I, I truly believe that um, the whole Luciferian agenda is alive and well. Um, and, and the Luciferian agenda is cultural Marxism. I mean, that's what it is. It, it, it takes the freedom away. There is no God and the state will tell you what you can or cannot do. Um, we are in, again, a very precipitous point in time. I mean, I've never seen it like this. It's so charged and so crazy uh, and so volatile, so volatile. Yes, um, you know, Biden, I read something last night I call him, uh, you know, O'Biden, because, you know, it, it's, it's uh, Barack Obama. What we're looking at is the third term of Obama, all controlled by the deep state. It's amazing how I'm a Trump. We brought the boys home, no war. He's in, Biden's in there for a week and they're bombing Syria. Oh. It's right back to the same old nonsense. Uh, Israel realizes it no longer has a friend, no longer can count on the United States. So it does its little deal with Iran. We're being, we're being pushed towards something. Uh, Psalm 83, Ezekiel 38, I don't know. Uh, I interviewed Bill Salas last week and we, you know, Billy and I talk about all this stuff for over a decade. We feel that we're very, very close to something. I know Bob Ulrich and Gary Stearman and I'm included in that mix 
uh, we talk about this Pentecost, maybe maybe we go up, maybe we go up. Um, how, how much are we gonna see before we go up? And for, I don't wanna get into the whole rapture debate, but the bottom line is what, what the church, the critics don't understand. Those, this is a new invention that only happened, you know, Darby invented this, blah, blah, blah. No, with all due respect, Darby didn't invent it. But the, you gotta remember that the Western church went through the dark ages for a thousand years where you couldn't even read the Bible. So no one even knew what the scriptures were. You had this, this format and until Gutenberg and the printing press, and even after that, you know, you were burned at the stake and everything else, you couldn't read it. So, you know, finally we started reading this stuff and people started going, wow, it's like, this seems like maybe we're out of here before the time of Jacob's trouble, not Fred, Bernie and uh, Harry. It's the time of Jacob's trouble. It deals with Israel, that seven year period. And I honestly feel we're in the window of time where we might be going up soon. I mean, I pray to God that we do. Um, I'm 70 years old. I've had a full life. I mean, I get that, but I'm working harder now than I've ever had before. I'm creating films, writing books, speaking like you, you know, all over the map. And I remember, uh, you know, we lost our home in the 2018 fire and I was on, on the property by myself and I was convincing of the Lord. It's like, you know, Lord, I, I get the rapture, but I'm, I mean, I really, I love it here and I want to rebuild and blah, 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 you know, that whole thing. And the Lord spoke to me so clearly, he said, LA, the reason why you think that way is because this is all you know. Mm -hmm. And I just stopped dead in my tracks and went, okay, checkmate, I get it. I totally get it. I get it. <laughs> you know, I totally get it. Um, it's going to happen, but it is the time of the Antichrist. It is the time. I mean, just, just look where we are, where... If, if you let's say you have a daughter hypothetical situation so i've got a daughter and she's really good at track i mean she's she's fast you know and she's been winning stuff since since junior high school and now she's in high school and lo and behold in her senior year um bobby over the summer has decided to become barbara and bobby is you know pretty athletic now bobby is you know in a dress at school and and he wants to uh he's taking hormones blah 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 and he wants to join the girls track team. So he does. And guess what? Bobby wins. Bobby slash Barbara wins. And my daughter might not receive the scholarship because of Bobby. How is that possibly fair? How is that possible? We have gone stark raving mad. We really have. I mean, I get it. If you, if you want to become Barbara, that's your business. Okay. I get that. Mm -hmm. No discrimination. You know, as a Christian, I'm going to love on you. Cause that's what I'm called to do. I'm going to tell you that, Hey, you know, maybe you should think this over before you, you start lopping off body parts and growing some new ones. Maybe you should like reconsider this because there's a lot of regret in the transsexual community. A friend of ours, our ministry, David Arthur, shameless plug for his new book residue. Um, very interesting book. And we're, David will come on in the next couple of weeks. And uh, he lived as a woman. He lived as a transsexual, as a, as a female prostitute. I mean, he's been there, done that. And he had full-blown AIDS. And the Lord healed him of that. So all I'm trying to say is that's just one event. Now, let's, let's here's another one. So let's say we went in Los Angeles and we rounded up uh, a thousand on-fire Christians. Okay? Peaceful. Peaceful. And we chartered a bunch of buses and we rolled down to Mexico. And we rolled across the border 
and we demanded citizenship, free stuff, Medicare, housing. We want to stay here. We like Mexico. We want to stay here. What do you think would happen? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a rhetorical question, but we all know exactly what would happen. We would all be thrown in jail and immediately deported because you can't do that anywhere else on the planet except the United States. So there is no border control here. Um, the whole thing with pronouns and sexes and this. And then, of course, you have my favorite. I'm a white guy. You're a white guy. So right off the bat, we're racist. We're, we're pigs. We ought to be kill hauled and shot. We're the problem. America is inherently evil, blah, blah, blah. And I've said this before, and frankly, no one ever, you know, uh, really gives me a rebuttal because you can't. So let's let's just have a little history lesson. But of course, this this will be perceived as a racist ideology. <laughs> so where does the modern world come from? Who invented the automobile? Who invented the airplane? Who invented the modern day steel skyscraper? Who invented air conditioning? Who invented the machines that create the asphalt roads that we drive on? Who invented the telephone? Who invented the radio? I mean, I could sit here and go on and on and on and on. Pretty much everything that we enjoy in modernity comes from a Western European mindset. And the springboard for that, which of course is never talked about because we can't talk religion here because we just can't do that. Second Amendment rights, separation of church and state, just shut up and obey. You can't do that, right? So um, let, me, let me get this straight. The Protestant Reformation, John Knox and the crew kind of go, you know what? The king's not the law, the law is king. Whoa, whoa. And that's the springboard with the Protestant Reformation. They all come over here and they go, guess what? Liberty and justice for all. So do we live up to that? No. We had slavery. We were killing the indigenous people. And we, and we made reparations for that. I mean, that's what the Civil War was basically fought for. Hello. And other things, but the bottom line is because people had liberty, because the Wright brothers had a bicycle shop, and Orville and Wilbur would go, Well, I think maybe if we pedal hard enough and we got some wings that flap, maybe this thing will work. And and, and Wilbur's going, No, 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 no. We need some kind of motor. What's a motor? Well, I don't know, but we need one. You know, so they get this little goofy motor and they're and they're just messing around on the weekends, but they've got the liberty to do so. They've got the liberty to do so, and that liberty comes from the springboard, the Protestant Reformation, which comes over here, and the Constitution, which gives us the freedom and the liberty to pursue whatever we want to pursue, doggone it. You can't blame anybody, and if you blame someone, all you're doing is putting shackles on yourself. I don't care what you look like. I'm Italian. My, my, my parents were completely and utterly discriminated against. My grandparents were discriminated against. They all came over here. Everybody made fun of them. All the goofy Italian jokes. We've all heard it. Blah, 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 blah. So, you know, is it right? Of course it's not right. It's wrong. And we don't do that anymore. And it's not the Jim Crow era. But for Kamala Harris to stand up and basically point the finger and go, this is a, inherently a racist, evil nation. Well, then go somewhere else where it's better. Show me one of How about Pakistan for two weeks, Kamala? How about we go to Nigeria? What about Saudi Arabia? What about, you know, just pick pick your poison. Go to Venezuela if it's so stinking good down there. Go to yeah. Brazil. It's Why do people come here? Because we have the promise. There's a guy down here in Malibu. His name is Sam. Okay. 
the escape from North Korea. Escape from North Korea. Came over here, started a business, dry cleaning business, okay? Guy's really successful, works hard, put both of his kids through college. There's the American dream. There's the American dream. Anybody can do it if they want to do it. Anybody. I don't give a flip what you look like. That's just an excuse. Oh, well, you know, my, my great, great, great grandparents were slaves. So my great, great, great grandparents were a bunch of peons in Italy picking grapes for some guy. I don't know. But they came over here and they made something of themselves. So it's a great country. And I don't know how I got down that rabbit hole, but anyway, I digress. To, it needs to be said because, I mean, you have a couple guys working in a garage who ended up becoming one of the richest guys in the world. He, he happens to be of a certain color, right? His name is Bill Gates. And you have Apple computers, okay? Um, I mean, so now these people want to build it back better. And it's it's just a cult Luciferian agenda uh, it's it's it dragon speak. It's all I gotta say. It's dragon speak. It's a good word for it. Dragon. Speak. I don't know what else to say it because that's what I call. It. I call it dragon speak because they speak like a dragon, and it's it's like why you want to destroy God's existing order because He designed liberty and freedom. We had free moral will. He wanted us to live in the boundaries of His of His love. He even allowed us to make the choice to stray away from it, but we have to pay the consequences. And then Jesus paid the consequences for us to get us back. And so I'm watching our country, everything about it fall apart because of, well, the uh, cultural Marxism, which it's social work it class is, I was in is, was inundated with that. And I remember arguing with a professor and he was talking about the benefits of, um, of Marxism and how great it was and all this stuff. And I said, so I just use the old analogy. I go, well, you know, I think it's better to train somebody how to fish so they can earn their own living and make as many and do what they want to do with their own fish. And then, then to take the fish away from somebody else to give it to them. But what does Marxism really offer you solutions? No, it offers ideas. I said, ideas don't feed you. You know, I, I, in all the class was a bunch of kids who just sitting there like, I mean, maybe as an overage student and a little cantankerous, but uh, I mean, it's like nobody seemed to get it then. And the church world seems to be at a total loss of what they're up against. And I go back to Alice Bailey and stuff. The infiltration of the churches through the secret societies and through the dumbed down the seminaries where you have, I call it, I put a synopsis to it three groups of people in the seminaries who will teach pastors and this could be the very well problem the first group is to de-emphasize the bible it's it's more of the liberal approach another right. way to de-emphasize the bible is to be super legalistic about it so you have those two camps then the third was signs and wonders and miracles which i do believe in signs and wonders and heal i've been healed i do too right. you know i mean i mean if people read my book they'll find out you know yeah i mean i'm i'm a miracle to be here because i was dead and, and and the lord brought me back to life i don't even deserve to be here and and he brought me back so i'm going to serve him but when i'm looking at this stuff it was all the signs and wonders was to get you away from the scripture and to get you seeking after angel guides or and they call them spirit guides that's what she called them and so we have that happening in the church. We have those three themes running throughout the church. I think she wrote some of that stuff in 1919, all the way up to 1948 before she died, all throughout her writings. And um, she laid it out so plainly. And she talked about how the 
Luciferian or the New Age movement, or whatever she termed it, would come in and take over the education, the and the political, and the uh, the media. What she talked about: radio, t TV, arts, entertainment, and you know, then attack religion, and then get the business corporations to implement the change. And so I'm sitting here. I mean, it's all Luciferian. That's the dream. H.P. Blavatsky's idea uh, of godhood was androgyny, secret doctrines there. It talks about, she writes a big litany of, I don't know how many pages about to be a god, you need to be androgynous. So you have this push back to the old pagan religions of, right. of self-mutilation, going after little kids, changing their sex, altering them against their free will and changing them because you think you can build it back better. And it's it's crazy. It's like it this is, Luc it's Luciferian is teaching cool. humanity to commit suicide and they don't know anything. The pastors don't know anything. And I do believe that there is a rapture because the best I'm, I'm praying, man, get me out of here. I beat me up Lord, because it says the best I'm going to give you a good, good scripture out of the old Testament for the rapture. Are you ready? It's Isaiah 26 verse uh, 20 and 21 it says come my people enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you hide yourself as it were for a little moment until the indignation is past for behold the lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity the earth will also disclose her blood and no more cover her slain i worked at an apologetics uh, site and i argued people would come up with anti-rapture verses i say well, it says earth. It doesn't say Israel. Uh, it says earth. And I go to the book of Revelation. What is that about? And hide yourself before the indignation pass. So I thought that was Amen, pretty bro. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. That's my blessed hope. And I'm sticking to it. Yeah, because I, I see what's coming, L.A., and it ain't pretty. I know no, that we as Christians are supposed to... Um, we're supposed to make a stand the whole way through and then 144,000, all that. I just got a big, huge teaching on revelations. I just did. They'll come on the scene and do that. But I tell you, it's just amazing to watch all this stuff come about. I mean, I tell you, I never see anything like it. I see people, I see people uh, just stumbling around. I see all these pastors. Uh, they're not teaching anything, you know, it just it just frustrates me. I just guess that's what. Well, I, I mean, look, it 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 frustrates me too. I just I do my part every single day. My hands on the plow. I'm not giving up, and you know, just just keep pushing on. But um, you know, it just uh, when when you factor in the whole UFO phenomenon and how it's it's now media, it it's an all media all the time, mm -hmm. all media all the time. And um, we're on the basically the, the 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 ladder of disclosure. We're on rung number six. I just I'll, I'll briefly uh, do this just so your, your listeners have an idea, because people need to understand just how severe this thing is and how real it is. So Tucker Carlson, 2017, he's, he starts off well. You know, UFOs used to be the subject of uh, tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists, but maybe we shouldn't think that anymore. Commander David Faber was a former F-18 pilot who had an encounter with a tic-tac-shaped object out in the Pacific Ocean 
near San Diego. He joins us now. And there's Commander David Fravor. So it's Tucker here, Commander Fravor here. And over here, the third part of a triptych, three triptych, Carlson, Fravor, boom. Unclassified, which is, of course, it was at one time classified film of the tic-tac-shaped UFO locked on in his radar. And Commander David Fravor, when asked, I'll go quickly here, when asked, in your opinion, Commander David Fravor, what do you think this was? Fravor looks right at the camera, pauses, and then says, whatever it was, was not of this world. That's the first rung on the disclosure ladder. Second rung, Luis Elizondo comes in several weeks later, basically states on the record that the United States government has in its possession metal from crashed UFOs. He's asked twice by Tucker Carlson. He admits it twice, the United States government has it. A couple of months or a month or two, a while later, Chris Mellon, uh, a, a, a cohort of uh, Luis Elizondo, basically states that we've tested the metal, the United States government tested the metal or independent labs have tested the metal and they have found isotopes not found on this earth in the metal. In other words, it wasn't made here, all right? That's the third rung on the disclosure ladder. The fourth rung on the ladder is the Pentagon admitting that UAPs are real, unidentified aerial phenomena. So they changed the verbiage instead of UFO, which has had 70 years of negative connotation, they just changed it to UAP. And somehow we're all supposed to just get along and laugh and go, two thumbs up, thanks. So uh, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. So that's the, the, the fourth rung on the ladder of disclosure. The fifth rung is the United States government. And I, when, this, when this was revealed, I said, oh my gosh, this is it. My phone will be ringing off, off the hook, <clears throat> flatline. The fifth rung is the United States government admitting that we have in our possession vehicles not made on this earth. You would think, right? You would think that that statement would, nope, nope, not a chance, not a chance. Just hit the snooze button and go back to sleep. So that's the fifth rung. The sixth rung circles back to Commander David Fravor, once again on Tucker Carlson, who said, when he approached the tic-tac-shaped object, which, by the way, shot out, disappeared like a bullet out of a gun, that's Commander David Fravor's quote, that when he approached the tic-tac-shaped UFO, it jammed his radar. That's an act of war. So recently, another ex-Pentagon official admitted that you know UFOs are real, big Navy thing, the, uh, the triangular-shaped UFO pulsing. That's been in the news this week. It just doesn't go away and it won't because they're rolling this thing out. They're rolling it out. This is the coming great deception. And yet the church slumbers, not all of it, but a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that tic-tac shape kind of reminds me of the uh, implant they're planning to alter your DNA with a little chip the army's been putting out. <laughs> kind of the same shape, but that's just interesting. I mean, what do you think all this UFO, I mean, I, I call it interdimensional beings, as Chuck Missler would say, because I grew up yeah. with Chuck Missler. He was like a mentor toward me. I just watched him Likewise. every chance I could get. Right. And he's the only talk. He's the only person I heard about talking about space brothers. That always cracked me up. Our space brothers. He did it kind of tongue in cheek, but sure. they, these are these are fallen watchers, and they're they're coming into exactly. entering into this dimension. And so it goes back to what I was thinking about before. Uh, 
people are in contact with these things, it, it, it's apparent to me that they are. Very much so. Um, uh, Chuck was a mentor to me also. I received, I'm boasting here, but I did receive the gold medallion award uh, mm. from Chuck, which was a real huge deal for me. I mean, that was, I spoke at the conference in Coeur d'Alene and, uh, you know, he, Chuck comes walking up to the stage and presents this wonderful award, which burned in the fire, but, uh, you know, um, I have it in my heart and that's more what, what means more than anything. These are, these entities are interdimensional. They are the fallen watcher beings coming down. It is the days of Noah, similar to the days of Noah. Hybrid beings, like you mentioned earlier, the kid running around with the black eyes. This is, this is where we are. And the church better wake up and understand. But they, you know, they probably won't for the most part. Um, they have a format and by golly, by gum, they're going to stick to that format. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I'm seeing. I know we got to wrap it up here real quick here, but yeah. um, I tell you, I just stand amazed at what's going on, and especially that black-eyed kid that I saw. Yeah, in there, it was in a full-blown thing, and nobody was controlling this kid. And you know, I, I I do a lot of work on the First Nations reservations and stuff, and I've seen possessed people, and I've seen things on there that would make the hair on the back of people's neck stand on and i've seen dark shadows and shapes come in and try to attack or attack people i've seen tall man they called it tall man or slender man myself and uh we called it owl woman he identified as owl woman i can't get into that right now but uh, but anyway it's in i've heard the stories of the shapeshifters and all that and here this kid like that he ran by me he was not human yeah and it didn't surprise me i'm praying because i'm praying in my mind i'm just praying and because i felt the oppression and in the place and then uh they ran by me he didn't like me but he just got out of my way and went around me everybody else was getting out of his way he just went around me he is well and he screamed he went right out the front door and literally and i'm not kidding you la the door is parted open either hit them or they just parted open i was too far away to make it out and like they parted open both and he got to the front doors they flew open and he just ran out he was like this with his hands in this air and he was uh, screaming and the most blackest eyes i've ever seen <laughs> There are things out there, folks, that are. are oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Time to wake up. Yeah, it's time to wake up. I wish pastors would do that. Real quickly before we end here, is there any, like you mentioned when we began about the prayer? I think prayer is very important. I think churches and people need to get together and start praying. And I don't think a lot of people even know how to pray for this. Do you have any tips for them? You know what? Um, I mean, this, this is why at church, it would really be good if a pastor stood up and talked about, um, let's say, some of the some of the bills that they're trying to put across. You could you could take that one one bill that Congress is trying to ram down, whatever it would be. You could pray against it. You could pray for the crack house in your neighborhood. You could pray for the prostitution in the neighborhood, the sex trafficking that's happening in the neighborhood. You could you know for the youth. I mean, it's just like and and pe different people. I mean. It doesn't have to be the pastor. I mean, there are women who are prayer warriors. I mean, I was praying with women. Actually, she's my editor, Sonda Allison. I mean, it's like, you know, after she gets done praying, I'll just say, hey, man, shut up, sit down. It's all covered. 
I mean, there are there are people that are gifted. I'm not gifted. I'm not like this major prayer warrior. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I know what my gifting is. I'm not like I'm not like Sonda. Sonda is just you know, woman's on fire. Story comes out and she's like, stand back, folks. She's got this. Trust me. I mean, she's just that that on fire and in your face. I mean, you know, when I pray, I pray. I, I've I've learned just to let go and see what what the Holy Spirit will bring up in my mind, and that's what I pray for. You know, on the other hand, when I'm in warfare mode, like I was a couple of nights ago, now it's different. If I'm in warfare mode, it, it's, you know, a sword comes out and we're not, we're not screwing around here. We're not putting up with this nonsense. But, you know, those are put on, putting on the armor of God is essential for the Christian, knowing what that is, knowing the authority that we have in Jesus, knowing that he forgives us everything, knowing that he holds us together knowing that he's merciful, gracious, so to anger, and full of unfailing love, that he will not accuse us forever. He will not, you know, keep a, keep a record. Well, you did this. No, 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 no. As far as, as great as the height of the heavens are above the earth, he's, he's removed our iniquities completely from us. He sees us sit it with him. And we don't get that. A lot of, I don't get it. I have to remind myself constantly, you know, when we're faithful to confess our sin, he cleanses us from all sin and leads us in, into righteousness. That's what he does. Um, you know, I can't listen to a lot of worship music because all I do is cry. You know, it's just ridiculous. I'm 70 years old, just a big baby. And it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Especially when I'm driving in the car. I, the handkerchief comes out. I should just turn off the radio because some of the worship songs are just mind-boggling. Mm -hmm. And they touch our heart and they lift us up and they point to him, the savior of our souls the first and the last, the king, the great I am, the one who will come riding in on the white horse with many crowns, king of king, lord of lords. I mean, that's that's who he is. And eyes like flaming fire, and I've seen those eyes. Amen. Amen. I've seen those eyes. They are blazing, man. Let me Amen. tell you. Amen. Amen. Well, LA, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I know we got to wrap things up, but well, I'd like I, to do it again, Brian. Yeah, I would like to do spirit. it again and just go off on any direction we want to go. I think this is great because I think the people get a lot of uh, out of this. And I'm just amazed that, you know, we see eye to eye on all this stuff. There's not too many people out there. I guess it's just the Chuck Missler um, touch it's, or something. I'm a Missler, right? Yeah. <laughs> Chuck was amazing, man. Yeah. He, he, he I miss started. It. He started me on um, interesting on, on studying Bible numbers. He had this unique way of also looking at uh, all this stuff in the Bible, symbols and stuff. Yeah. And, he, and, yeah. I, and I, I, I've been doing this for some time, and it's like, wow, the Bible reads a whole lot different when you plug that in. Yeah, Chuck, I wish pastors Chuck, would yeah. teach it. But anyway, with that, folks, I just welcome everybody. Um, we're going to be signing off here with that. L.A., do you want to... Um, give your contact information out and yeah just just go to the website lamarzuli.net lamarzuli.net or if you want to get the videos you can just go to streaming.lamarzuli.net and there you have it amen i'll put all that stuff on the back screen and I'll try to catch you next time oh yeah be brave yeah we got to be brave in these times because i've been telling people pray for courage i like what jesus said Pray that you be counted worthy to escape these things and stand Amen. before the Son of Man. Amen. You know the rapture verses nobody wants to talk about. There you go. I'm ready. I'm right there with you. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> hey, let's do it again soon, okay? Okay, let's do it again. And God bless. Amen.